Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty, everyone. Good to be back. That week went quick. (laughs) I mean, it just seems like yesterday I was talking to Tony Khan on here. What an episode last week, huh? It was a real big episode. Yeah. Lots of news came out of that. Lots of new excitement. Lots of new fans on the yeah. show. And a lot of envious wrestling journalists. No, Well, a lot of a lot of wrestling journalists who have no choice but to report on yeah. what was said on your show. Yes, because they don't get access. Right. So I, I was grateful to Tony for that, um, and I thought we did a good job. Yeah. You know, um, there might have been a few things. Um, a wrestling journalist friend of mine wished uh, would have been brought up, but maybe he can bring it up when he talks to Tony. <laughs> well, hey, so um, uh, real quick before we get into everything, I just want to welcome uh, a guest. Uh, his name is Tommy Avalone. Hey, man, how are you? And uh, just real quick, um, oh, let, let's do the applause. Yeah, yeah Tommy Avalone, everyone. <laughs> Yes. So uh, real quick, Tommy is, is a filmmaker. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of you people have seen uh, at least one of his films. The, which one? The Santa Claus movie with uh, well, Mick Foley. Yeah, I Am Santa Claus. Uh, we had yeah. Mick Foley in there. Piper had a part. Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Yeah. We, we try to put a wrestler in every single one of our movies. Right. And and, then- and so uh, today, a little bit later on, we're going we're gonna to get in and we're going to talk about uh, uh, the movie you currently have out. And it's it's on Netflix now, Correct. and it's Bill Murray stories, and it's freaking great. Oh, thank you, I appreciate that. So good, man. Thank you. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But um, uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of news. What's been going on? Well, first, actually, we have a blue chew read. If you oh, want to yeah. get into that, <laughs> <laughs> is that what I'm supposed to do? No. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I wish we had some like. You know, cheesy porno music in the background to this. <laughs> Don't tempt him. Right. Wah, wah, wah. We could just play the NWO. That's what everyone used to say about the NWO. The music. Mid-car- well, the mid card NWO theme is yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, guys. Hey, I've. Um... Anyways, let me start this over. You looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds in the bedroom? Get to bluechew.com, everyone. Bluechew.com. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. I like the moves you're making. Check this out, everyone. Yeah. They've got the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Since they're chewable, they'll work faster than a pill. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And this stuff is cheaper than those other two, so this is a no-brainer, everyone. Plus, you don't go 
to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because Blue Chew ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. And I love me some Blue Chew. It's a good thing that uh, <laughs> they're sponsors now because I just started having sex again recently. Whew. Yeah, and it's been go. good thanks to Blue Chew. Anyways, here's a great <laughs> deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com. And get your first order free when you use promo code XPOC. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. Promo code XPOC. Just pay $5 in shipping. And if you do go to BlueChew.com and you purchase uh, some Blue Chew, just send us your proof of purchase and we'll send you something signed. Although it might take a little longer to get to you since Jimbo's not here anymore. Yeah, do you want to talk about, about what's going on <laughs> yeah. with Jimbo right now? And one uh, real quick again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code XPOC. Thank you, Blue Chew. We love you for being a great sponsor of all the great wrestling content out there. Uh, and yeah, real quick, uh, if a lot of y'all haven't uh, noticed, and I'm sure everyone has, uh, Jimbo's been absent for the last few weeks, and, um, and, and I miss Jimbo very much. Jimbo... Um, he's he got a, a, a great job, mm. and uh, and he's still gonna be part of the show when he can, and you know, and all that. But uh, um, yeah, I just I just want to tell Jimbo, I love you very much, Jimbo. Um, very grateful for all the hard work you've done on uh, on the show since the very beginning. I'm pretty sure that um, actually the name Max Pac One Two Three Sixty might have been Jimbo's idea. I think I give him that. He gets credit even if it, even get, if he didn't. Jimbo will get the credit. Yes, but anyway, we love you, Jimbo, and um, and I want to I want to thank yeah. Jimbo from from behind the the scenes. He's been doing a lot of work ever since the very beginning. Uh, he started with the show, and I only came on a couple episodes in. But uh, I want to send everybody over to his Twitter, which is Jimbo in the booth. Yes, uh, send him your support and uh, make sure to follow him there because he still tweets a lot about professional wrestling. He just may not be. He's on still going to be. Uh, he's still working on the on, on our youtube channel yes, he's yeah. going to be very yes. active in the youtube channel yeah so again we love you jimbo miss you buddy which is youtube.com slash xpoc yeah. that's right all right so what else is going on around here oh nick <laughs> oh shit god damn i forgot to even say that um in a second that we were going to have yeah. nick houseman from wrestling inc online hey nick are you there uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, <laughs> hey, did you hear that blue chew read? I'm sorry, what? Did you hear the blue chew read I did just did with the porno music in the background? I thought it was I pretty did. good. Did you I like did. it, Mark? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> hey, Nick, thanks for yeah. coming on last minute. How you no doing? No problem. You uh, now I now I'm thinking about you and pornography, which you have a history with, Whew, and thanks. like I don't really know that I'm comfortable. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Or hey, Tommy, real quick. I'm a, I just I have to mention this. One time I was doing Nick's show uh-huh. from my house, uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> so I was doing it from my laptop at the laptop cam and everything. And like, I thought we were off air. Or no, we were on air, but uh-huh. I didn't know that he could see me. Yeah. And I had to piss really bad. Uh-huh. So like, I'm standing there and I, I'm holding a cup and I'm peeing in a cup like right with the laptop right here, <laughs> and Nick can see it the whole time. Oh wow! And he like texts me. What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> so why he thought I was doing it on purpose, like trying to show him my well, why, dingling. Were you not near a bathroom? 
I, I was on the show. <laughs> it was live while oh, we were doing the show. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like talking and trying to kayfabe pee in the cup like so no one knew, right? Because yeah. I didn't want to interrupt the show. That's Anyways, so Nick, thanks for joining us. What's been going on? Uh, nothing near as interesting as what you just described. And now I'm thinking about your dick again. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> like, I started off by saying I don't want to think about you and pornography, but here we are. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, I, uh, yeah, I'm great. I'm here in Chicago. It's very cold. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. So No, thank you, Nick. And um, Nick's actually working on a screenplay for, um, for Lula and I saving the world, actually. Oh, cool. Is yes. that true? How's that going? What happened? Oh, Did uh, we, he just hang up on me? I think, I think we lost connection. Uh, we lost him for a second, but yeah, uh, but he's got this really sinister look on on his face <laughs> at, on this with the frozen screen. So, anyways, <laughs> so what do we do, Marcus? Let's. Uh, well, Denise had something that you want yeah. to talk about with when it came to MLW and Ring of Honor. While we get Nick, yeah, back let's up. let's go ahead and bring it up, and then we'll go ahead and bring and chime in Nick into yeah. the conversation. But first and foremost, Ring of Honor is continuing their big signees. They have signed one of the most charismatic men right now in the business, Rush, which is very huge—a very huge opportunity for them to have them on their roster. However, it has caused, I guess you can say, a little bit of tensions uh, with relations in regarding to MLW. Right. Uh, since Rush has been signed now with Ring of Honor, he was pulled from his... Uh the show that he was going to be on April 4th with MLW, he was supposed to be facing Alley Park. However, Ring of Honor pulled him from yeah. that, and now he's been replaced with Pentagon Jr. However, Court Bauer went on Twitter and he said, this is a match and an organization Rush wanted to be a part of, but sometimes politics get in the way, and that's what happened. What this came down to is politics. So now it sort of raises the argument in terms of, you know, is it kind of a little messed up that he was pulled considering that they also previously pulled Brody King and PCO from MLW shows. I don't see how that's politics, yeah. though. How is that politics? Well, in terms that they didn't let him finish his dates that he that's was already politics. promised. That's not politics. That's just business. That It might be bad business, mm. it might, but it's not like political maneuverings or something. Like, it's just, that's that's a different, like, that's not the, I don't yeah, see I, that. I think court's you know off I mean? base by saying it's yeah, politics. it's in, not unless politics. There's, unless there's more going down, yeah. then this just strikes me as possibly bad, but definitely not great business right? to like, we're going to take the guy and not let him run it, not let him finish up the dates. Yeah. Cause like, oh, okay. Even, um, rarely has Vince, like when WWE yeah. signed somebody, they use almost always tell like they did with me, mm-hmm. um, you know, f- finish up your, uh, your obligations because like, you know, it, it tells something about you. Yeah. As a, they don't want to work with someone yeah. who isn't going to yeah. do that. Because, because they, they want you to finish up for them, yeah. too, right? So anyways. But Nick's back. Hey, Nick. <laughs> hey, sir. Your dick, it, it kicked me <laughs> so. My dick reached through the uh, internet and <laughs> turned your computer off. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's wily. It's a sneaky. Li- yes. It's a sneaky dick. You That's know, right. it did that. So, all right. Well, uh, we were we were just talking about Nick. Were you listening on the? Um... No. On the oh. uh, Rush. Rush signing with Ring of Honor and that causing a little bit of tensions after he was pulled from the MLW card front April 4th. Yeah, you know, and this is an interesting story because, right, like Ring of Honor has been going after seemingly MLW talent. Brody King as well. PCO is right. MLW mix. I have heard that MLW actually got filthy Tom Lawler pulled from the Black Label Pro Show. WrestleMania weekend. So right. I think that it's all starting to gravitate up now sure. to food chain. 
Yeah, and and it was only a matter of time before these things were going to start happening. You know what I mean, Nick? Yeah, I mean it's too fertile right now. That's yeah. the thing is everybody's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bankroll right now. Yes. There's if you've got any kind of drawing ability, you know, people are coming after you. And it's just a land grab at the moment. It's a good old-fashioned land grab. Yes, and good for the talent. And and it, it, But it's going to create a little bit of animosity here and there, a little resentment. Well, people are going to get pissed off, feathers ruffled. You know, I mean, some worse things might even happen. Mm-hmm. You never know. But I, I, um, I mean, that just goes with the territory when a bunch of money gets injected in the wrestling industry. And what a lot of people mean? aren't used to the big money. A lot of people came into wrestling that are in it now, that are even stars now, that missed the big money. You know what I mean? They, yeah. So they're, they're, this is new for them making the money, and it, it changes a lot. It is. You know, it's, it's a totally different uh, group of guys right now. It's funny, you know, looking – we were just talking – I just brought up PCO yeah. um, from MLW to Ring of Honor. If you think about it, other than Bully Ray, he'll probably be the only guy at the G1 Supercard show to have ever played the Garden before. Oh yeah, that, yep. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, I'm even here. Uh, speaking of that uh, ROH, uh, what what was what's the name of the card at the, at the Garden? It's the G1 Super Card, right? Mm. Well, I I mean, I'm hearing that you know New Japan's a little bit miffed because like they're kind of not being, you know, like it's 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 almost like not even their show if if. Like it's all just being considered an ROH show. I mean, that's what people are talking about. Is that- I hear I hear a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting to hear that from you out loud on the podcast. <laughs> Why? I you know it's a very sensitive subject right now. You know, I was at the AEW rally last week in Jacksonville, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'm hearing from all these different people, all kinds of different things. I'm trying to you know get leads on what's going on with Kenny, what's going on with New Japan. And and I regularly heard from people I trust, you know, this thing is a this thing is a work in progress. This is day to day. You know, the winds are changing. Some things people thought were going to happen right. aren't happening the next day. It's yeah. really day to day. And the New Japan Ring of Honor relationship, you know, it it could go any which way. In my opinion, right. I could see them staying together for the rest of the year. I could see New Japan ceasing working with Ring of Honor after the Garden to go work with AEW. AEW I can yeah. see New Japan leaving Ring of Honor and not working with AEW and just sure. doubling down on LIJ and Bullet Club. I it, it, I would like to think I know where this is going, but I I genuinely don't. It seems like everybody's yeah. eyeing each other up and down right now. Yeah. And and um I don't know. Uh <sighs> Like I said, like I was just mm. saying, it was only a matter of time before this type of stuff was going to happen. And you know, all the great cooperation, like from all in, like, and and what a beautiful thing that was. I'm not sure if that's going to be able to uh, happen like that again moving forward. It's weird, you know. And like we were doing the press scrum with Cody at the AEW rally, right? Right. And somebody asked Cody, "Is Joey Janela still going to be allowed to do Spring Break with GCW?" And Cody was like, oh, of course, he'll get to do that. He'll get to do that. Jericho's going to get to do his cruise. We want to be friends with everybody. We want to get along with everybody. And it's so great. And he looks so nice in that suit, right? And he's so quaffed. And I want to believe this man, right? But they've got two shows in nine months. It is way too early for them to be pigeonholing their guys, not allowing them to work elsewhere, unless, you know, they get those WCW contracts I've heard so much about where you can sit home for 200 days and make millions of dollars. Right. You know, but 
I don't think that's the case. And in nine months, you know, or less, when these guys announce plans to go on the road, plans to do television, that's when I think you're really going to start to see people cordoned off. Right now is a transition period, and it's way more... I guess I was expecting something more definitive at the rally. I mean, we got some cool stuff, but we didn't get anything about TV. We didn't get anything about live touring. We got two shows and 13 wrestlers. There's so many unanswered questions. Right. You know, I it, it, it doesn't quite feel like a full-on promotion to me yet. Oh, the AEW, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, um, do you think the show, do you think the, the Double or Nothing show, like, uh, is, is that too soon? No, no, no. Think that's a good that's a good amount of time in between. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, I mean, what they're doing in you know May after Mania season is, is died yeah. down. Mm-hmm. I think these guys could do it in in a month and probably pack ten thousand yeah. people into a venue again. Yeah. I really do. I think that that's the thing is strike while the iron is hot, and they've done a pretty good job of doing it up to now. I'm honestly surprised, but again, I go back to I'm surprised they didn't announce more. I almost was like, okay, one, okay, two more shows. That's that's cool, but it's not. It's it's not. It doesn't fill me up quite right. yet. It doesn't feel like a full on promotion yet. It still feels like some one offs, you know. Yeah. Nick, I almost feel like that was part of what people also felt, you know, watching at home. You know, we were sort of waiting for the big announcement. It almost seems that if Chris Jericho wouldn't have came out, you know, at the end, that it kind of would have been like not that much, you know. And even then, the Chris Jericho stuff was already heavily rumored. So now I want to know, since you were there, how did people feel? How did they react when, or what was the the vibe there with everybody and with the information that was coming about? How did they all take that? the vibe was very positive. I mean, I, I don't want to downplay the environment. You know, I was at all in crazy vibe, 10,000 people, the hardest yeah. of hardcore fans. These were, these were those people that showed up again. You know, it was a thousand person line to get in. There was a lot of energy. I mean, they fight, they blew up whatever the Jacksonville stadium with fireworks afterwards. <laughs> right. It felt like a big deal, you know, but there were, but again, it's like after that initial die down, you know, people start asking questions. Where's Kenny? You promise these wrestlers uh, a better quality of life. Are you giving them health insurance? And then you get like two different answers about that from Tony Khan and Cody, right? So almost immediately there was kind of some squirreling around for details. But in that moment at the rally, it felt like a big deal. Everybody was having a great time. I, I, I can't downplay that. Oh, for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So now one of the things be, uh, moving on, you know, we have been mentioning that there's been a lot of different tensions between promotions or, you know, et cetera, with people maybe not being as, you know, working with each other as we would. But kind of going into that, we do have some more contract news. So this actually regards Lucha Underground. Evelise essentially came out and said that she is being legally held hostage on her contract with Lucha Underground. She says that they convinced her to do season four with the promise that she would be released after that season. Yeah. Now, Joy Ryan has also tweeted that he 100% backs her up on that, saying that they essentially showed faith in the product, and now it's seems like they're almost being punished for it and without a season five being in you know being shown it seems almost petty to keep them there it is and the the thing that i don't get though is all right if they say um oh don't worry we'll let you out uh if you want out then put that shit in writing Hmm. if 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 you're gonna do that then you shouldn't have a problem putting it in writing and it should have been put in writing. I'm I'm wondering if she, that was a verbal agreement or if she has it in email. Because I almost feel like if someone says that in an email or something you can prove, that's enough. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, those those yeah, like, types of things do help. But, I mean, just, yeah. it's lame. Yeah. It's lame, especially for, like, it's not like she's, like, the number one ratings draw on Lucha Underground. 
mm -hmm. know, um, and, and, you know, the, let the girl go make a living. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. So what do you think, Nick? The, or the, the Lucha Underground talent are, are free to work at Impact, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right? I'm, I, I'm just surprised she hasn't made a move there to, to keep her uh, notoriety up. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want to be there for whatever reason. I mean, it's very limited, right? Here's the other promotion you can work with. Um, yeah, it's just it's these aren't wrestling people, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we right. all knew going into this. These aren't wrestling people. I think uh, they're they're taking a very hardline approach to this because they're used to a very hardline style of doing business with actors and contractors and directors and things like that. And I, I don't know that they really maybe understand the landscape as as well as maybe they think they do. Yeah, they probably yeah, or they don't, don't care. Know. I just don't think they give a shit. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's unfortunate, especially because we know right now there's so many opportunities to go other places. Yeah. It's almost like it's holding, you know, holding them back for those that are stuck there. You and know? all you're doing is creating animosity for the people that work for you. And you do not want that. Like, you don't want a bunch of disgruntled people on your crew. Like, you mm -hmm. know, so you should get off the pot, you know, as far as season five is concerned. What do we I'm, sorry. I'm surprised. I thought they threw in the towel on this thing with all the all the Lucha Underground talent mm. moving to Impact Wrestling. I, I really am just surprised to hear about this because yeah. I thought this was like a done deal. I mean, Shane Strickland's kill shot. He's out. He's a free agent now. Did he get free and clear of all that? I what? think well, so. He just he just tweeted that he was a free agent. So yeah, you know, could he could that. just be declaring it and he might have a good enough agent to be like, I don't care. Come at me. Because I, what I am curious of, and I'm curious if there's any information about what these Lucha Underground contracts have. So is she locked into not wrestling for another company, and then they're not paying her monthly or weekly. Because that seems, that seems incredibly unfair. That, or is it a lump yeah. fee? Or, or was she lump feed for one season? Yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure that's. And how then, they do but it. then that locks her up for years, yes. and that lump fee doesn't actually. Mm -hmm. That's frustrating. Yeah. And Careful. probably won't hold up in court, but you got to take them to court. Yes, and and here's the problem is. Um, nobody hiring wants to mess with that. Yeah, it's it's trouble, especially for her, for her. She's mm -hmm. not real well known, so you know, no one wants to be caught up in any legal bullshit. You know, regardless of whether there, it, it is, you know, mm -hmm. it holds water. Like people don't want to mess with it. Yep. With Hollywood producers who are known for yeah. being caught up in legal bullshit every sure. day. All right. Well, moving on to a happier note, WWE has officially opened a new performance center in the UK. Triple H went ahead and said that this will be the first of many outside of the United States. What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I kind of knew this was coming. It was something that was in the works for a while, mm -hmm. you know, as far as like, you know, uh, a vision. So, uh, you know, the... And, and a few weeks ago, I was talking about this, and I was trying to pull the term out of my ass, like, you know, like uh, w what they call it in global lo global localization strategy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes sense, you know. Um, uh, it's like they're creating their own territories. Pretty much. Basically. And yeah. I think that's, a, that's important because I think the biggest knock on NXT, you could have had on NXT five years ago, is, oh, so everyone on WWE TV comes up through NXT U it comes up through one NXT, one performance center, which is essentially one style of wrestling, yeah. which makes the product just your product ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. Whereas what they're going for now is their own, like a more strictly run NWA. Right. Yeah. Nick. I just wonder if they're expanding too fast is my only worry. You know, I feel like they did this, they did Australia, they did Saudi Arabia. Right. Uh, they tried Japan you know, there's a lot of smoke, but I haven't really seen any of these glo localized, globalized territories 
uh, gained traction like I think they would hope. Um, you know, this NXT UK show they just put on, the TakeOver show, was exactly what that brand needed. It, it generated some interest. But you got to follow up on it. Yeah. I mean, mm. look, Walter and Pete Dunne, I'm in. I will watch that. That is a fascinating dynamic, especially yeah. with the, how long Pete Dunne has held that title. But there's got to be some consistency. I think this it's all great. It's all good bluster. Oh, we got a performance center there. Oh, we got a we got a brand there. Yeah. It, it just hasn't it hasn't bitten me. It hasn't grabbed me uh, the way I think it is is hyped up to be. I don't know if that resonates with you. Well, and also the question I've had since NXT UK has come out on the network is is this not for me as an American? Because I watch it and I'm not as thrilled as I am about just regular old NXT American NXT. And I, I've been really trying to find a British audience that is glommed on to NXT UK, and I don't know if they're out there yet. I, is it? Could it be like uh, the setting and the, the venue and the atmosphere? Because like, when well, I was anything, watching it, when I was watching NXT UK, the TV, the, yeah, just yeah. a regular TV show, like it was from you know, I just I, I didn't like the feel of the of the venue and the, and the you know the look of it. Well, like, and that's important that, to me. I actually thought that was one of the best ha- parts mm-hmm. of the show. Really? To tell you the truth was the venue like and the feel. But I think pertaining to adding to what you're saying is I think it's actually more of the style. It's it's mm-hmm. different from what we're used to. Obviously, it's a different style, and I almost feel like that style is not necessarily for each and every single audience. You Which know? is fine. Yeah, that's that's okay. I'm just worried. It, I'm I'm curious if. If it's an NXT UK brand, but Americans are the ones watching it, if that's already problematic. But I don't know who's watching it, and right. it's it's on their networks that they don't have to tell us who's watching it. Hmm. So it's I'm cur- I'm curious to see if there's a UK if UK fans are rabid for this versus something like RevPro. And and there's something I think to be said about the fact that the fans recognize that WWE is not fully behind something, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought all these guys in almost two years ago, and we're just now really kind of starting to get a vibe for them. Same thing goes with the 205 Live guys, you know? Yeah. I, I would, you know, I, I don't, you know, armchair book here, what you will, but I would be doing more to hype these shows, integrating them into your flagship shows like Raw and SmackDown, even if it's a... You know, Michael Cole and, and Corey Graves, 30 seconds. Hey, here's what's coming up this week on the network that you should be excited about and know what's coming, right? Yeah. We don't really, we don't get the hard sell like that. It doesn't it doesn't feel like a WWE universe. It feels like there's a WWE universe and then there's a parallel universe <laughs> that if you can find the black hole to, you can connect with and find even more stars. Wow. I watched a lot of Cosmos. Um, but <laughs> you wrong. get what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. You know? The wormhole. Well, yeah, the wormhole. Yeah. Yes, the wormhole. <laughs> well, actually, they're really good at the hard sell. They're bad at the soft sell, which is what you're describing of just a quick, subtle 30 seconds. Hey, this is what's on the network. And then they move yeah. on. They're really good at there's a Nigel McGuinness documentary. And we're going to talk about it in every segment. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing is he, I always in my head like I, I love the I really like the kickoff pre-show panels. I like when you get a guy like I like Booker T and Coachman talking about wrestling like it's a sport breaking mm. it down espn style like there's something really cool about that i would love a throw to a room with some screens for 90 seconds where these guys very seriously explain to you here's some cool stuff going on right now and if you want to be the most up-to-date fan here's what you need to be watching and again making that other stuff that you know is really on the fringes that gets played to like a, a niche audience integrate it bring it in make it yeah. feel like a part of the whole you mm. know these things are just scattered all over the place right now and, you know, there's got to be a way to, to turn all this snow into a snowball. 
Well, I want to talk about, I guess, the NXT UK Tag Team Championship match. You know, that was the one that people were mostly raving about, that they absolutely loved it. And one of the things that I do want to mention that you sort of mentioned, Nick, which was, you know, uh, kind of feeling like a different universe with NXT UK. And I almost feel like with this match particularly, I mean, everybody was talking about it. You can see it if you watch it, which was Tyler Bate, who absolutely stood out. The guy is a star. So now I almost feel like with him, like he shouldn't, have, you know, obviously it's, it's barely starting, but with him eventually he shouldn't just be like an NXT UK guy like they have something with him to pull him up to the main roster and I think knowing that you know for maybe the fans that aren't watching NXT UK knowing and making that connection if they were to see him on the main roster then that would maybe drive a little bit more of a different audience to the NXT UK I think they're taking their time with him and I think they are because of his age Mm. Uh, I'm gonna. I he was a number one draft pick of mine. The first time I ever saw him uh, when I was at Chikara for King of Trios several years ago, and I talked to Regal about him, and Regal was just he's way too young. So just tell him to you know keep on doing what he's doing, and you know uh, all of that, and then eventually they sign. But like honestly, you got it. Like they're they're a lot more careful with the younger guys now, mm. with those guys. Um, and I think that might be it. I'm just throwing something out there. Well, yeah. That might not have anything to do with it. But like, um, but there's been like I've heard rumblings about Tyler, like different things in the, you know, in the past several months. Mm-hmm. Um, Good things, bad things. A little, <laughs> like actually, there might have like I heard that there was a little bit of heat on him over something at oh. one point. Yeah, uh, it was silly stuff. It was just bullshit, trivial stuff. But it was like. You know, it was like rumor stuff that come out. So I don't, um, I don't What's know. What's the I'm gonna push you here. I'm gonna put my journal. <laughs> it down. was just like, uh, it was just something oh, stupid, like, like an was attitude it like issue, personal or, life stuff. No, oh, it was okay, more okay. like an attitude right. issue, or maybe something that was said that some, you know, uh, people just like are waiting for somebody to say something. They can just pounce on it, you know, looking for sure. something to be outraged about. I don't know. Uh, um. Maybe he took a dump in somebody's luggage. What kind of a dick would do that? Well, I don't think so, man. I don't think people do that anymore, Nick. Well, but Um, you're right, though. Maybe he didn't shake somebody's hand. Maybe he didn't say, you know, Mr. Like something silly like that. Like, like honestly, nothing that I would assume he actually really did wrong. Just bullshit stuff. Uh, um, And I think maybe I'm even bringing it up too much. Like, I think it was just something that was, you know... I, I read in passing, but um, that being said, like he's just one of the very best guys out there. Technically, yes. did you see that uh, the bridge spot he does where the guy tries to yep. break the bridge and he like actually like it was just ridiculous. Like he comes up back out of the bridge with the guy still on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember it was ridiculous, dude. And punch. just like in like pound for pound, one of the strongest wrestlers out there. I saw him and Pete Dunn at NXT Takeover Chicago. Right? Yeah. Oh. That was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen ever. live in my entire life. And that was one of those times where I was just like, strike while the iron's hot. These guys are incredibly talented. And then they immediately cooled them off. Yes. You know, and and, and I it didn't make any sense to me. And I I guess if you know they think they're young and, and rambunctious or whatever, but that's not an excuse for me personally. I could be way off on know. that. I don't like it's just something that popped into my head as we were no, talking about it and trying to figure out why maybe he hasn't been, you know, they, pushed more. They do seem to treat youth like a resource over there, though. That like I remember the heading into the very first May Young Classic, thinking for sure, oh my god, Tony Storm's going to win this. Yeah, and then she didn't. 
And it was because they weren't ready to sign her. And then the next year she actually did win the Mayon right. Classic because they were ready to sign her. Mm-hmm. And that they kind of see youth as a resource of eh, if she's around next year, we'll have a look. And Maybe. because she's no. so young, they don't feel like there's a ticking talk on ticking talk. Wow. All right. Ticking clock. Yes. On, on, on hey, do you watch any of this, Tommy? You know, I, I would love to watch NXT, but I just, I, I never, I feel like I'm just, I don't know. There's, there's so much wrestling. I don't know. I just kind of just watch Raw. Uh-huh. You know, I started watching SmackDown because of Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch. But hey, Nick, not to yeah. like uh, rewind or anything, but like our, our in studio guest is Tommy Avalone, and he 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 made the move the Santa Claus. What the, I am Santa Claus. I am Santa Claus with Mick Foley and. And also, like he has a movie out uh, that's out on Netflix right now, Bill Murray Stories. It's great. So he's in studio today. You, you directed. Oh, I just watched the Bill yes. Murray Stories like two nights ago. Yeah. My friend, oh, nice. My my friend uh, and mentor Susan Messing is in that. I am a Chicago oh, trained yes. improviser. Oh, so. Susan's so great. <laughs> yeah, for the for those that don't know, Susan Messing's a genius. Um, yes. And, uh, um, anyway, this isn't an yeah. improv podcast, but I, a, I was happy to see her. As an L.A. trained uh, improviser, I can agree, I can agree that Susan Deming's amazing. Yeah, you don't really hear many people go, oh, I love that improver, you know? So, like, when someone's like, <laughs> Susan Messing, that's great that someone knows her, because she was super awesome. Yeah, so anyways, uh, Nick, to, uh, Tommy, Tommy, Nick. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can see it. <laughs> it's all right. Just I'm here, trust me. <laughs> right? Well, yeah, I enjoyed that, uh, Tommy. Yeah, Bill, oh, the Dow of Bill Murray, guys. Just yeah. sit back, you know, have a cocktail. It's yeah. fine. It's like we're going to talk about so. that. We're going to, like, in a little bit after we talk wrestling, we're going to talk about his, uh, that in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, but you don't, you don't get to see it. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that like wrestling, and they say NXT is great. It and is. I just... I don't know why. I've always just been like a raw guy. and like this, yeah. You need to step out of your comfort zone, my friend. I think friend. I do. I think yeah. I do. It's, it's the Doctor Who syndrome. Yeah. Oh, it's so like good. you see the trope of what Doctor Who hey. is, and you're like, I would like this. And you're like, where do I start? Yeah. Hey, so, I don't know. So uh, how about Rhea Ripley? Since, we're, since I'm yeah. just jumping all over the goddamn place. <laughs> I, You know, and we're talking about UK, right? Yes. And yes. Tony Storm and Rhea Ripley. Like, um, The crowd, sh- I feel, I, I, really I, made like, this match. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, like. I would go with her if I like. Oh, who should we go with, Tony or Rhea Ripley? Like, I would have a hard time deciding. Yeah. They're both really, really. Uh, you know, I would, I would, I would go with either talented. one of them. And yeah. I think the que- the only real question becomes: Do you want? Do you think it's stronger to have a heel Rhea Ripley being chased by a face Tony Storm, or the opposite? And they they decided they decided the opposite. They just they want. Tony Storm, top person on top, and then Rhea yeah. Ripley chasing her. I think yeah. it might have also been a company decision of, do we want to devalue winning the Mae Young Classic? Fair. Because Tony wins the Mae Young Classic, gets the title shot, and doesn't win? Mm. Does that, does that, I don't know. I and think that that may have had something to do with it, too. And for a second year in a row, because Kyrie Sane won the Mae Young Classic, got her title shot, and then didn't actually become champion until a title shot later. Yeah. So they, they, you're right that that's a part of it. Right. Mm. Well... Did you guys want to add anything about NXT UK? Anything about Finn? Uh, anything like that? Nope. Uh, I, not really. All right. No. Well, moving on. So Tommy mentioned that he's a Raw fan. So we do have some Raw news, <laughs> right. actually. Uh, Finn Balor is the new number one contender, and he is facing Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? I <laughs> just have thoughts on uh, on the match and how great it was, and uh, what a, a tremendous job John Cena did of, of putting um, putting Balor over. And um, 
I'm going to refer to the tweet I put out after that. I, I, no one, no one in John Cena shoes has ever done as good a job as he does on putting guys over. Mm-hmm. Most guys, like I don't, anyone in his shoes has ever even put guys over. And then mm-hmm. I, and then I have people like coming on and they're going, ah, I got to beg the dipper. Jericho put guys over. Look, you can say this guy or that guy, but none of them are in John Cena's shoes or ever have been. Like, the uh, only person that's ever been in John Cena's shoes in the past couple of decades are Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and uh, Steve Austin. And may, I, you could consider Brett maybe during that one era, but really kind of, I mean. But it was Brett. You know what I mean? Brett and Sean yeah. were kind of the top guys at the same time for a certain extent, and then it was Sean. Yeah, very, but, the, Sean but as far as briefly, that I yeah, that as far as the clear cut like face of the company wise, like John Cena is no one. I don't I don't think anyone's done a better job of putting guys over or or, or lifting, elevating other guys when he chooses to a point where if you ask him, he would say he's in movies only to elevate professional wrestling as a profession. Like well, if you were to ask him, he's, yeah, it is a good one, right? It's a good line. It's a good yeah. line. It works. So, it, it works whether it whether it's true or not. We you know. Anyways, <laughs> Nick. Uh, it's it's all it's going to be about consistency, right? I mean, this is great. Balor's shined brighter in the past two months than he shined in a very long time. Why didn't Finn get this treatment before? Because Maybe. there wasn't an AEW on the scene before. <laughs> I was going to say that. Wow. Yes, I, I agree. Yes, the AEW thing. But that's the thing is, it's going to be all about consistency. Because as great as this all is, I agree with you. John Cena did a fantastic job putting Finn over and all of that. But do you really buy Finn is viable competition to Brock Lesnar? I'm not at that point yet where I'm like, they are they are so behind this guy. Did you They're buy gonna... that Daniel Bryan was going to be? Did, did I buy Daniel No, but the, Daniel Bryan was a very different place. That Daniel Bryan was already the champion, I believe, and was mm-hmm. going to roll out of that match regardless in a, in a main event storyline. I don't see the same safety net for Finn Balor here. I, I worry that we only have one more week of TV to build to it. That exactly. like we, we only have one Paul Heyman promo to make Finn Balor look like a credible opponent. It'll, and it'll I think be it'll fine. be fine. Watch, it'll be fine. <laughs> Trust me. Can I, can I add something? The people, love that. the people love that guy. They've been waiting to when get there, another chance to cheer him like that. When there was like a, a it was like Samoa Joe, uh, Finn Balor, and there was all these people gunning for that spot of Brock Lesnar. Like, yes. Heyman was the only one that's like, Finn Bauer is the only one I'd be worried about. And like, I just remember that yes. from like, what, a year ago, you know, yeah, or I don't even know that. how long ago, it was, but like, that's what all, all I can remember during that. So I was like, Oh, you know, it was heading into the great balls of fire pay-per-view. Yeah. I think they had a fatal five way match. That, yeah. And then the winner gets to face Brock Lesnar at the great balls of fire pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. that's, that's the name of, of an fire. actual pay-per-view. <laughs> great balls <laughs> of fire headlined by Brock Lesnar. And then it wasn't Finn Balor, but that was the matchup we all wanted. Yeah, and and although I felt the John Cena, like, Finn Balor thing was awkward this time around. Like, I liked what he did with Kevin Owens. Oh, the actual endorsement? Yeah. It was a little weird, but, like, the actual, the match and the the actual putting him over Bart was was on the money. It was like that college kid coming back to high school going, you're a great guy. It's like, okay, man, I get it. You know, like, (laughs) it just felt very awkward. Maybe it's the hair. I think it's the hair. I think one of the things I want to add about to this match is the fact that Brock Lesnar wants to work with Finn Balor. And we know that when Brock Lesnar wants to work with somebody, for example, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, that we are going to get one hell of a match. So I feel like, you know, obviously we all know that Finn Balor hasn't been getting the treatment that we think that he deserves on the main roster. And this is going to be a nice reminder for everybody that's, you know, maybe fell asleep on him or whatever. It's going to be a nice reminder, a nice boost back up into why we think he you know, should be doing more. And I, I don't know if there's any, like, 
you know, most people kind of feel like, oh, he's not going to, you know, he's not going over on Brock. But I think he'll come out of the other side of this better off. I really where do. do. You, where do you go with him, though? Where, what's the booking then? I have after no idea. I haven't Brock. thought. It, I haven't really put any thought into it. If SmackDown wins the Rumble, he's in. If SmackDown wins the Royal Rumble, then it's a Raw Elimination Chamber with Balor entering last. Hmm. That's that's how credible he needs to look beating Brock Lesnar or not beating Brock Lesnar. Yeah, he needs he, to be that credible where it's like, well, he's obviously in the Elimination Chamber and has the biggest advantage. That's yeah. that's what he needs to look like, or it's a failure. Definitely, definitely understand what you're, what you're saying about that, though, Nick. And I'm not really, really arguing with you at all. Mm. It's yeah, it's just big consistency, right? You mm. know, we're in a we're in a fresh start right now. Uh, they're heating people up that were not necessarily getting pushes before. Mustafa Ali is obviously a glaring example of that. That guy went from zero to 120 miles an hour <laughs> yeah. in four weeks. Um, you know, so are they going to stick with these guys? You know, some of the stuff they did in the past couple of weeks has kind of stuck around and worked like Ali. The other stuff where it's like the new AJ Styles who's been fired up by Vince, like I've already kind of forgotten about that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So it's just going to – how serious are they? How consistent are they going to be with this guy? Because, yeah, you're right. People want to cheer this guy. People are excited about Finn Balor and Brock Lesnar. But what's the hangover? What do you do the next day? You know, where do you move from there? I, I, you say, I don't really know. And I would, I, I'm not in the room, but I would guess that there's a couple people that are saying the same thing. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, adding to that, I guess another person that we're wondering what their future is going to look like because we're hoping for a good one is Andrade. And Andrade took on Rey Mysterio on SmackDown, in which was, in my opinion, one of Andrade's best matches on the main roster. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I, I okay when I when I turned it on and I saw the way that match was going in the early parts of it I'm like okay this is going to be good because they were taking their time and they were doing a slow build and uh, and it was oh damn it was good um, you know just you know respect to those guys and uh, and you know. Um, I, I, it's easy to watch just guys can get, you know, going out there and, uh, guys that do that style, mm-hmm. man, they can start cutting a real frantic pace and, and, you know, and it's really hard to, to digest and, and like people were, were in it. They were invested. Uh, they were taking their time, you know, they were rest, they were doing wrestling and mm-hmm. get it again, and, you know, uh, takedowns and, 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 and the people, you know, you could just see the people; they weren't like on their, they weren't dicking around. They were all watching. Mm. Eyes were on the on the ring, and I, I was, it was really nice to see that. You know, this is the really good match to change yeah. his, for the day to change his name. Yeah, and um, hey Nick, did I ever tell you the story about when, uh, um, back when you know you remember when uh, Del Rio first left uh, several years back, like uh, the first time he left. I do. I recall. And uh, and and um, and uh, Sin Cara had left. I think right before that. Mm-hmm. And I so re- so Canyon Seaman called me and, and asked me to go uh, scout talent in Mexico. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I was like, Andrade was one of the guys. He was Sombra back then, and he worked for CMLL. And uh, he was his girlfriend was Dark Angel. And so, like, I hit her up about, it, and like, you know, I was like, "Hey, can you speak English?" Because, because Canyon was like, "Hey, we need a guy, you know, we need another uh, a Del Rio, uh, you know, somebody under thirty that can speak English and six foot and doesn't do drugs." I'm like, 
Oh, so you basically, you want me to get you a unicorn? <laughs> right. I'll get right on that. I will. Uh, four. I can do three or four. Right. I'm like, you're asking for quite a, 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 seriously, I'm not bullshit. I'm not, I, and I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not. Like, that was a really st- stiff request. But, this guy, he's clean, no drugs. He's a midget. Definitely yeah, not but, a <laughs> Yeah, but, but Andrade, like, uh, you know, the, the deal was, I think, at the time, he, he didn't speak enough English, maybe. Oh. But he's it's not, so great to see him there. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad he finally made it. And, you I know, didn't for have, him, I for didn't him have, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, I hate to cut you off, but like this, a lot of people were making hay about how he hadn't won a lot of matches, but I've been watching them put him up against people that they respect to mm. see how he can work, even though he's been in losses, he's, he's not been getting squashed. Right. The fact that he finally got a meaningful win here seemed deserved and is the payoff, I think, to the frustration fans were feeling about how this guy wasn't getting pushed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was a good setup for what he could eventually become, which is a star. Yeah. And I don't think, like, it wasn't like this big screw job finish. Yeah, there was a bit of a distraction, but not, I mean, not much of one. You know, so mm-hmm. it was a nice, solid win for him, you know, over Ray. Yeah, these are the two, these are the kind of guys that, like, if, if they got into a best of seven, I think the fans would be really in for that yeah. ride. Yeah. You know, I think they would enjoy, I think they want to see more from these two. It feels very kind of like a passing of the torch kind of feel with, with Ray working with him. And yeah, you know, again, this is a guy who's gone out, he's worked with Cena, he's worked with Brian, he's worked with a lot of guys, he's come up short. Now is the time, you know, we were talking about consistency earlier. He picks up a big win here. Can they stay with it? Because I'm down for that story of this guy finally getting it together and notching a couple wins together yeah. after a rough patch there. It feels real. Yes. It feels real, and I can get invested in it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Selena Vega. Man, I just can't I can't put her over enough. She's she's so valuable out there uh, as, as part of that act. I mean, she would be great on her own or with anyone, but like, I really love those two together. She she makes she puts that whole act together. Yeah, for sure. I was there the night in NXT where they put them out. They sent them out for the first time, and I knew like everyone knew. Well, Sean, speaking of the women as well, you did mention on Twitter that you like how the women do backstage fights better yeah. than the men. Can you evaluate evaluate a little yeah. bit? Yeah, I just you know more often than not when the when the women are doing the backstage fight or you know like to, Tommy you and I were talking yeah. about the the hotel scene yeah. it was actually after the hotel scene that I t- that I put that tweet out i just put backstage just mm. generally yeah. speaking because i didn't want to go and hotel rooms Whenever but they- but, uh, but you know, you were talking about how they shot it, and that you, the, that was yeah. weird for you. But I think like whenever you heavily heavily produce like a fight where there's yeah. like you know different cut angles, cut and all angles. Stuff, it's just it feels like a movie and not a wrestling yes. match. You don't really see cuts, you right? Know, you... When it's supposed to be like single camera, at yeah, best, yeah, right? yeah, like where it's like obviously yeah. taking another shot. You know, yeah. There's some of those like background brawls where like they they shoot it like a movie and it yeah. takes you completely out of it, right? So. And I get you on that. Yeah. And yes, that is distracting. And it was, or when, you're not used it, to it. and it was when Braun pushed the, you know, the limo over too. Yeah. So those things they are distracting. They take out, but like, like the actual quality of, you know, uh, of their of their mm-hmm. fighting. Yeah, I it's it's almost it just seems to me it's almost always better than the guys backstage stuff, you know, because like it actually looks like they're beating the shit out of each <laughs> other. And not just these lame, sorry ass, like shitty punches that like look so shitty. Yeah. Uh, like, not in a ring in front of people. Yeah. You know, just in a backstage setting. Like, 
Is it? Have you done any of those? Like, is oh, it- tons. I think I was really good. At, if you go back and look at mine, because I always would over exaggerate everything, <laughs> and I would do, I would put myself in angles to where the camera couldn't. You know, it was always like I was always aware of where the cameras were, and. Do you feel like it's weirder because you don't and directly you beat the hear- shit out of each other a little bit harder too in the back? Yeah. But do you feel like it's because you don't hear that audience to like kind of show you how yes. to like yeah yeah like it's they don't harder. know how to do it? It's much harder in the back to read that yeah. And also there used to be this like tendency back in attitude era for 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 about a minute uh, to where they go oh we need to do another take of that. Uh, I don't think so, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. You know what? Uh, that's some dangerous shit. And, you know, uh, you better get that fucking take right the first time. If we got to do it a second time, sometimes you got to, I'm going to be too happy. Yeah. And you can never recreate that again, right? Like the more takes you do, the less spontaneous it looks. And that's what everything, right? I don't got to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we interview anyone, I I hate asking a question the second time. Like I feel like it's never, never good. Do you, do you, hey, Nick, what's your, is that, is that an observation? an observation you've ever made uh yeah well a couple of thoughts first of all yes i always love how you dramatically i don't know what it is when you were getting your black belt where they were like when you throw a kick put your hands over your head right right. i don't know why um but yeah you know i think the women want it maybe a little bit more than the men right now in wwe and i know that that's not a statement that a lot of guys would probably take too well to (laughs) in the locker room but as as a division as a whole the women are so motivated right now they're taking advantage of every opportunity they're given, even stuff like a backstage brawl. I feel like they're just throwing themselves at it. Yes. And, and this isn't just, you know, oh, I didn't like what you said in a promo. I'm going to confront you while he, you know, you're talking to Charlie Caruso. This woman is trying to break up her marriage, yep. right? Those are some stakes, right? Yeah. If you're not trying to rip her eyeballs out, that's it doesn't match, right? And so it's just a very it's a compelling Intro to the fight as well. I thought it was very well done. Uh, to change it up a little bit here in the direction of the conversation about the the hotel vignette, um, can you tell me, Sean, why you think WWE is going in a sexier direction? I mean, we got the full lingerie reveal of Mandy in the in the hotel room. <laughs> tell and, me where to put the hand over the boobs. Well, and well, is yeah, and Alexa on thing? night. Yeah. yeah. What what's up with this? Why are I, they doing that? I don't know. I I read a little like I missed that, but I read something about it and like people going back and forth and some people going, "Hey, if they're okay with it, what's a big deal?" and you uh, know, it didn't and, look like she was comfortable with it. And then somebody else was going, "Yeah, who's going to say anything? They don't want to get buried if they say they don't want to do it." You know, like um it's just people going back and forth about whether, you know, whether it was appropriate 90s. or not. Mm. Yeah, it just I, it seemed a little out of place it to me. Feel, the Alexa Bliss thing specifically didn't feel appropriate to me, not yeah. because she was half naked, like she's half naked most of the time. It's that it didn't further any story. Yeah. It was just a weird vignette for vignette's sake of let's let's have a PA who's not consequential to any stories barge in on her. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's well, the only thing I'm worried about. There's some gratuitous, right? Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe it'll be a runner. Maybe he's gonna burst in one at a time on each woman getting dressed each week. You know, yeah. it'll have a thread uh, tying together. Uh, yes, he's per- perverted production assistant. It felt uncomfortable. Hey, can I steal that idea? <laughs> <laughs> Pass Run it with on it. to him. Yeah, please. Run with it. I'm gonna put I, you pitch know, it. I just <laughs> I'm intrigued by it. You know, and I brought this up earlier uh, on the podcast to do for Wrestling Inc. with the Winkley, but um, Scarlett Brudeau in Impact Wrestling is actually resonating. I mean, if you actually look at, you know, the numbers they're putting up on YouTube and Twitch and stuff, 
her stuff is always above and beyond. I, I almost wonder if it's like internal research thing right now, uh, trying to get in on that market again because they see how it's re- – I mean, you know, hot naked chicks in wrestling always seem to do well. 3.5 million views on YouTube, I think, right now for that Alexa Bliss segment. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. It's, huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of me feels like someone internally figured that would happen. And it's mm-hmm. like, let's do it to do it. Let's do it because yeah. we'll kind of set the internet ablaze. And then we'll mm-hmm. deal with it. La- like, we'll deal with what that does for anyone later. And, and on top of that, like, I've had some people be like, Otis leering at Alexa Bliss also <laughs> kind of made them feel uncomfortable. Well, like, think... there were, like, a couple Alexa Bliss moments that people were, like, uncomfortable with. On but then night. on top of that, Otis shouting, pretty lady. <laughs> that was that was a yes. little weird. For those who don't know that Otis is just the Chris Farley of wrestling, it's kind of difficult to understand. Like, that can come uh, off uncomfortable. Huh. I, I I put him, I slot him more as a Belushi than a Farley. Fair. I don't know. <laughs> just splitting hairs. Yeah. All right. What else? That's pretty That's, much all the news we have for huh. right now. Hey, so Tommy. Um, hey, so so Nick. Yeah. Do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to bring up that we haven't sure. talked about? Uh, well, I mean, I can do, uh, I can talk about wrestling Inc. I, you know, I've started yeah, working. So I, yeah. I, I haven't talked. I, you haven't been on the show since, uh, since the move. No, I'm, I switched websites. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm now running wrestling Inc.com. I got a, I got a better deal. I got offered a better deal. Um, as everybody right now in pro wrestling seems to be getting better deals. Um, and one of the big reasons that I wanted to make the move to wrestling Inc was they are allowing me to go out on the road and cover more stuff in person. I noticed that. Uh, Last week, just last week, well, I did uh, I did commentary for Warrior Wrestling here in Chicago with uh, uh, Rich uh, Bikini or Bacini. Um, and then, yeah, I hit the. I was in Nashville on Sunday for homecoming. I was at the TV tapings in Nashville on Monday, and then I flew to Jacksonville on Tuesday to to be at the AEW rally, and then went right from the AEW rally to SmackDown Live, which was down the street. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, so just a, a whirlwind of getting to be out in the field. And, dude, I mean, just being there firsthand, seeing – I mean, Homecoming, I thought, was a real fun show that Impact did. Getting to see AEW's rally up close. Getting to see, you know, that the awesome SmackDown that happened with that that women's number one contender match. It's Dude, it is just a hot time for wrestling right now. Yeah. I It's the middle of January, and I don't think I've had a day off this entire month because everything is just happening so quickly right now. Uh, it's awesome. And isn't is it, is it wrestling, uh, excuse me, wrestling Inc. is basically just Raj Geary, right? He owns it. Well, Raj, yeah, Raj has owned Wrestling Inc. for over 20 years now. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he when we were talking, because he was like, well, I'd like to bring you on. And I was like, well, what is my position? What's this going to look like? You know, he's just looking for a partner. He's been doing this for 20 years. You know, he wants me to, to, to pick up and take more responsibility with the site and help to mold it a little bit more. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I maybe take myself too seriously with this sometimes. Uh, but uh, I'm very proud of some of the hires we've had over at Wrestling Inc. We've got yeah. Scott Fishman working there now. Uh, Michael Weissman is great. Uh, Lavi Margolin, uh, the author of Trump Mania, has started doing uh, business coverage for us on the site. And it's just knocking it out of the park. His stuff is so, so good. Um, it, it's just been wonderful getting to work with those guys and uh, just seeing the site grow, and it, it's it's awesome. I have a and lot it of, has, and, I, I and I've noticed. And, and Wrestling Inc. Was, was a great site before you got there, and it's, and I've noticed, like, the improvement since uh, since you've been there, Nick. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, yeah. I, we're, working, we're working towards – I want it to feel like a real legitimate news 
source. Yeah. Uh, you know, we uh, we cover <laughs> pro wrestling has seemingly worked its way into every aspect of every single person on the planet's life in some way or form. And so, you know, hopefully we're we're doing our best to to present it in a way that's serious and get you guys the reliable information on hey, the well, reg. Well, so. they're lucky to have you. Any anybody's lucky to have you, uh, Nick. Thank you, Sean. You're very nice to me. I appreciate that. Oh, I'm I'm grateful to have you as a friend and uh, and as a friend on the show too. Um, um, I'm writing a I'm writing a movie about you as I well. Know. <laughs> Do you know about this? No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, hey, how far along are you on it? Do we need to talk before you move forward? <laughs> I've started I've started storyboarding. I've actually got the, the the bullet points all laid out. But for those that don't know, I made this hilarious joke uh, when Sean and Lula were on at Takeover about how him and Lula look like a, a man and his dog trying to save the planet. Just it was very heroic, the way the, they caught him on camera. And, uh, you know, a couple of tweets later, all of a sudden, I, I had committed to yeah. writing an 80-page script about Sean and Lula saving the planet. And I have <laughs> a banger of an idea, and I am <laughs> I'm stoked. This thing's going to rock. Whether it gets made or not, I don't know. But hey. No, hey, a lot of people seem to be interested. I mean, you know, when when that all went over social media, there was a lot of interest. So I may I may or may not kill Honky Tonk Man is a device in the movie. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds I'm funny. all I'm down for that. You're gonna earn that. <laughs> I know you're gonna earn that narratively. So Honky Tonk yeah. Man's great. Hey Nick, did yeah. you did you see Bill Murray stories? Dude, I watched it like two days ago. I was just yeah. telling you. Yeah. yeah, me too. Okay, I thought that I thought you said you actually saw it. Like I know you saw it listed on netflix but yeah hey uh so tommy and i hey first of all like again tommy that was it was such a well done uh Thank you. uh and, and, I mean, he, like i'm pretty sure most people that are listening or watching the show are familiar with bill murray yeah and if you're not like google him like I, right, yeah if, you know um nick uh i was i was i felt like i can kind of relate to what bill murray does in a way like uh, you know, because like I don't know, it seemed like in the movie, Tommy, you were exploring like why does he do these things, yeah. and and my thought was like because it feels good to make people feel good, yeah. And when you go and like you go and insert yourself into a situation like somebody's birthday party, wedding, you know, uh, after the wedding, um, reception, reception, yeah, but. Um, you know, things like that. Or you go into somebody's bar and you start bartending. It's yeah. just like, man, you make people talk about that for the rest of their lives. And you made that happen. And it feels really good to do that. Yeah. You know? Well, they, they say photobombing, but they but Bill Murray, like, yeah. memory bombs. Like, yeah. he gives you these stories that you can just, like, tell at a bar for, like, the rest of your life and always puts a smile on your face. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and you know, and... I noticed, and after like Googling, you know, doing a little bit of research that, you know, um, Bill Murray's not married, so he might be a lonely guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's a, necessarily a lonely thing, but like when he's going to these festivals, like, you know, he could just go back in his hotel room and do whatever, yeah. or these shoots, like he could do whatever. But instead he was like, you know what, let's, it's like one of those situations where he likes to live a life so he can report about it later. You know, gotcha. like he is that kind of actor that brings this real life stuff to to the screen because he's experiencing yeah. real life. So like Nick, did you, you remember I I think it was towards the end like when they had the footage of him doing the panel at the Comic-Con? Yeah. Oh, so and, good. And then the one guy comes up and asks him about the, you know, the rumors and the story and he's like, "Eh. Yeah, well, I don't you know, but it sounds <laughs> like a whole lot of fun, doesn't yeah. it?" Yeah. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's um 
He's he's it's a work. You know, he's keeping yeah. all, he's mm-hmm. keeping the magic alive. You know, yeah. Yeah. and he used to own part of a a, a, a minor league baseball team in, in Minneapolis. A couple Saint, of them. Saint, yeah, Saint yeah. Saint yeah. he has like a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was like I said, Tommy. That it was it was really a. a a really good watch. It was oh, really cool. good, and it made it, I felt good watching it. Yeah, you, you know, know? I, I, there's this kind of like hidden message to like live in the moment and kind of yeah. you know connect with strangers. Uh, yeah. And the response we've been getting is very great. It's cool. awesome. What did you get from it, Nick? Well, it resonated uh, a lot with me um, having trained here in Chicago with Susan. Sharna Halpern is also in that, and I used to feed Sharna's dogs my sandwiches <laughs> while taking improv classes. She runs like a goddamn barnyard out of her theater. <laughs> um, but, you know, it resonated a lot with me because the idea of yes and, the idea of uh, being positively approaching a situation, trying to build with the people around you, it's not just for doing really good improv scenes on stage. I mean, it's something that is you know, transcended into every aspect of my life. And uh, I definitely uh, don't think that I would have moved up as quickly in the wrestling journalism space had it not been for years of just learning to listen and talk to people and heighten ideas and have conversations, which is really all I do is I get paid to talk to famous people that I like by and large uh, and get them to say interesting things to me. Um, And getting to that point, you know, was using a lot of the skills um, that are described in this movie. Um, you know, I love the line where Bill says, I just like to get out and do stuff, which I think is from zombie land, you know, yeah, and yeah. That, that's so true. I mean, go get out, do something, find an adventure and, and that, and you don't need to be famous to do that. I, I think it's something that everybody could probably incorporate into yeah. their lives. I've always wanted to eat a French fry off someone's plate. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, you have to become Bill Murray. Yeah. You have to no, be a... I, I think you could do it, but oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I've came close to it. Like someone was at a bar or something like that, and I asked, "Hey, can I? Are you done with those chicken fingers? Can I have it?" So it's kind of like that, but mm. I've asked permission, you know. Yeah, it's not the same, man. You <laughs> yeah. just gotta go, just yeah, do yeah, it. yeah, yeah, and hope so, you well, don't like, get punched. I don't know if I've, I I haven't talked to you since uh, Survivor Series for sure, but I had the Godfather come in for the Duffy's party, you know. I heard, and yeah, Godfather was great. I heard you beat him in Dominoes. <laughs> I, I beat him in Dominoes, and he made me an honorary member of the Bone Street Crew, which oh, is whoa. like. The rival of uh, the clique. So uh, no, it's like not. That. that was just a, that was just a, uh, that was just an er, like the rumors and all the the word like the, the fans all thought we were rivals. We actually got along just fine. You know that, right? <laughs> he, he told me a story about how the BSK came and saved the clique from a restaurant one night when y'all were just like out of your minds, uh, goober smooched on booze and drugs or something like that, and they like beat everybody up for you guys or something like that. Uh, no one got beat up. <laughs> no, what happened was this. <clears throat> um, um, we were. And I, I think this is the story. Yeah, because there was there might have been another story that he's referring to, but I think this is the one I remember. Um, we were okay. in Moncton, up in Canada, and there was a place called Ziggy's, and I told the story a little bit before, and uh, and we were all fucked up, and you know uh, the locals weren't happy because you know the. The women pay attention to, you know, the big stars coming into town. And, and I get that. Yeah. You know, but they weren't having any of it. And so, like, there was some issues outside. And we were, like, we were outnumbered pretty good. You know, there was me and a bunch of other, like, you know, I'm not a big guy. But, you know, all my friends were pretty goddamn big. Yeah. And, and you know, like, anyways, no one was, like, stepping up. But everyone was talking shit. And all of a sudden, like, this big black, you know, uh. It might have been dark blue. I don't know. But it was, you know, a big caddy 
uh, pulls up. Out gets Yoko, uh, huh. Rikishi, I think, it, and like, I think Godfather was in the back, and they're like, fuck's up. <laughs> All right, motherfucker. I don't want to say like some of the stuff was said, but yeah, uh, yeah no, everyone just went right back inside. <laughs> Basically, it, yeah. Is it was, yeah, we were still fun. outnumbered. We were still way outnumbered, but no one wanted any of that. Well, the reason I brought up this story was just because, like, it's one thing to, to, like, win a game of dominoes. It's another thing when it's, like, somebody cool like that who's willing to make that moment really special. And yeah. that, you know, for me, it's like I, I feel very blessed. I get to, you know, go be a part of some stuff. But that, to me, was, like, a uniquely special thing Yeah. just because of the way he carried himself. It was, like, very casual. We're just playing dominoes, and it turned into this more memorable uh, thing for me because who he was. And so – um Anyway, back to the Bill Murray movie. I loved your story. It's always fun to hear you talk about how you almost got your ass kicked in the '90s. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, it was it was just cool for me as like an improv person, just a big Bill Murray fan, to to get to hear that Dow of Bill Murrayism. And uh, I'm with Sean. It was a uh, it was therapeutic and uplifting for me, and I I would absolutely recommend it uh, for folks to go to go oh, check out. Sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's this thing where he does where it's like maybe a minute or two minutes of his life, but it's a lifetime for someone else. That's right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I just told you, like, uh, off camera, like, when I was a kid, like, Razor Ramon was at Caldor doing signings. I had all these autographs for him. And he's like, he's, I gave him like five things. He's like, oh man, you too much, you know? And it was like so funny. And like, I, I remember it forever, you know? Those exact words. Yeah. Oh man, you're too much. Yeah. Those are his, <laughs> they, that's exactly what he would say. Yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it was very funny to me. Like, yeah. My other, my other most favorite casual wrestling moment ever was when uh, I was getting out of a car with Hacksaw and I closed the door and he acted like I had slammed the door on his thumb. <laughs> oh, he started, nice! He, he started screaming at me how I I destroyed his whole gimmick and he wouldn't be able to work anymore. And I was so scared that he just started laughing at me. And he's like, my my thumb's fine. <laughs> hey, so um, <laughs> that reminds me of the time that Sabu came to have a tryout in WWF, mm-hmm. and uh, like even when he showed up, like he rode with Kurt Hennig and I. And he's like, oh, I'm just here for the payoff. I don't really want to work here. <laughs> he fucking, like, he goes and he has a match on TV, a dark match with Owen Hart two nights in a row, at least one night. But, and anyways, like, on the way to TV, like, I slammed his hand in the car door. Like, shut it, you know? And he was like, ouch. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> yeah, but, like, afterwards, they wanted to hire him, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I just wanted <laughs> to come and get a payoff. <laughs> It's like 300 bucks. <laughs> and that little boy bought drugs. Uh, I don't know. Not that day. No, not that day. <laughs> All right. So tell me, how did, how did you wind up making the film? So I, um, you know, I, I kind of fell into making documentaries. Uh, but after I did the Santa Claus mm-hmm. doc, I wanted to do this Bill Murray one. Um, and we started filming a couple things in the area. Um, and, you know, it was, it, you, you read these Bill Murray stories mm-hmm. where he's, puts his hand over your eyes and says, no one will ever believe you, or the singing karaoke with strangers. But when you read them all together, you notice this like through line of just like living in the moment, being available, yeah. being present, all that sort of stuff. And I always thought this would be a great story if told as Bigfoot. You know, like he's not <laughs> Bigfoot, but the stories are Bigfoot. So we just kind of had that approach and thought this would be a really interesting I liked your reenactments. I liked yeah. how you did that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had this like some guy make a mask for us. It was like a, yeah. yeah, it was, it was a, a nice touch. Some people don't like it. It's like a creepy <laughs> sort of weird thing, but I, I liked, liked it. it. Yeah, because yeah. like in memory, you don't always remember things the way it's supposed to be. So, oddly enough, there was no eye holes for that. So the actor really had a hard time doing things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta ask you, Tommy. Do you regret 
the way you approached Bill, do you wish you to come at him with something that was less like, would you do an interview and more kind of a Bill Murray type moment where you kind of ha- found him in an event and maybe had something that was a little off the cuff? No, you know, it's a, uh, I, I enjoyed the way it worked out. Um, when, even when I, cause Bill doesn't have a manager, he doesn't have an agent. He has a 1-800 number. number yeah. yeah. And so when I would call it, like I never wanted to actually interview him because we thought if this is a true Bigfoot documentary to interview Bigfoot at the end and go, so what's with walking in the woods? <laughs> like it would just ruin all the magic. And right. we really felt like the Bill Murray stories shouldn't be ruined that way. Even like the comic con stuff, like how he kind of jokes around with it. It's like, Oh, that sounds like a fun time. Yeah. We wanted to keep that magic there, but also talk about these stories so I, I never I, I never want to sit down like with him like twenty twenty style and interview him, um, and but like you know when we promoted I Am Santa Claus we did a lot of stuff with Mick Foley Mick Foley was one of the Santas in our movie, and I would see certain people kind of like intrude on that personal space, or or just kind of like be like what's important to me is sometimes not always important to someone else and you could see that sometimes when just dealing with different celebrities on stuff and I right. just felt very like. I tried this one position and it didn't work and past that, you know, this is my yeah. journey, not his, you know, like he didn't want, he didn't want to be a part of that. And that's, I respected that, you know? Yeah. Hey, so the, one of the things that really resonated with me was the leaving the messages on the, on yeah. the 1-800 number, but going, I didn't like that one and redoing <laughs> oh, it yeah. over. And I don't know how many times I've done that. Yeah. And then accidentally hit send when you wanted to redo it again. It's yeah. like, Oh fuck. Yep. I didn't want that one. No. It felt like that uh, scene in swingers where he's like trying to leave the message on the uh-huh. girlfriend's thing. But it's, it's, you're just talking to a blank machine and it's the most nerve wracking thing. Cause, Cause at the end, Bill Murray could be listening to that, you know? And you know, you can do it over again. So yeah. it's like, that makes it even worse. Yes. yes. Yeah. And then, so at the end, like I'll give away the scene. It's, it's your, yeah. Tommy has his mom get on the phone and <laughs> yeah. go, yeah, this is Tommy's mom. He's a really good guy. I thought that was going to work. I thought that yeah. that was going to be the one that did it. She's upset that he never called. She's well, like, just give me that number. I'll call again. <laughs> what would be funny is if he had it set up in some way where it tells you you can delete it and try again, but you can't. Oh, yeah. And it's actually just yeah. everyone's. I thought about att- that. Like, yeah. it's everyone's attempts and he can track your journey. Yeah. It's like, well, I can listen to all 12 of his messages and actually see what he means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we, I, I thought about that. I got a little nervous. <laughs> hey, so I guess it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nick. What's up? Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. I always love it when you come on because I just, I'd like, you know, like everything that's going on, you know? So I appreciate that. I know too much. Last thing I have to tell Tommy before we go is uh, I was at Mick Foley's one man show here in Chicago when he kicked off his 20 years of hell tour. Oh, cool. And he, uh, he goes, how many of you guys don't know me as a wrestler? And like you, you're here for another reason. And this woman raised her hand and she goes, I saw the Santa Claus documentary. <laughs> I came out to see you for that reason. And he's like, you don't know any of, about me as a wrestler? She's like, no. And he's like, oh, this is going to be a very unique experience. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Watching that woman's reaction as he describes his ear getting ripped off and falling off through oh, the wow. cell and everything. She did not expect it coming at all. It was one of the funniest things I ever – he kept going back to her because he could see how in pain she was, like, living through this with him. Yeah. Wow. So, anyway, I had to tell you that story That's because awesome. it was uh, a highlight of me last highlight, – a highlight for me last year. That was pretty funny. Nick would come over to my house and, like, help me edit and stuff like that. And it's so funny how we use, like, wrestling terms for it. Like, like one of our Santa Bob uh, characters, like, we're like, oh, when he's drinking that coffee, that's his heel turn. Like, it was uh-huh. like we'd all these, like, do that stuff. And to me, like, being such a wrestling fan, that was, like, awesome to have, like, you know – 
Cactus Jack sitting there of course. kind of telling you how to like probably because it was like you know how you do a promo. It's like oh you want to end on this mark, you know. We would have a couple things past that, and we're like no no no, the promo ends here, you know. And that's how he would cut. He knew what right. he's doing. This right. this makes sense because your buddy's wearing a Cactus Jack shirt in the opening scene of the the Bill Murray movie. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, because we interviewed Georgie Animal Steel for the movie because he was in uh, Ed Wood with Bill Murray, but we couldn't make it work. So like we just tried different ways to put wrestling in the movie. You know, with I Am Santa Claus, we have Tommy Dreamer, Jerry Lawler, Piper. Dallas is in there for a background shot. Like Dallas yeah. is a huge Christmas guy, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Uh, but I mean, we just I just love wrestling. I grew up from wrestling. I told you like I. Started watching WrestleMania Nine. That's how I kind of got in. Uh, uh, my grandfather loved it, so I've always always incorporated wrestling. I was like, I, Nick. He was like, ah, WrestleMania Nine. Been a fan since WrestleMania Nine. I'm like, wow, what a lackluster WrestleMania to become a fan from, but that, right? That, but that Yokozuna, Hogan, Bret Hart. P U. Ooh, oh, there's a, a, a clothespin for my nose. There was two I, doinks and crush. That was a good match. <laughs> <laughs> Every WrestleMania is the biggest. It was thing the, the shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Night Run Nine was was the worst WrestleMania ever. Really? Yeah. Definitely. Giant Gonzalez, Undertaker was WrestleMania Nine, right? Yeah, with Giant Gonzalez. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Giant Gonzalez, who has no sexual organs. He is <laughs> the great. Speaking right. of Bigfoot, yeah. I say, but like, so I was telling Tommy, you know, okay, the, my fun, my fun, this WrestleMania Nine is only because I, my my tryout was the day after in Phoenix. So, oh. yeah. But, anyway. you know, it's like so, so many wrestlers, like when they have their big moment, you just don't really remember it, you know. But, but I, I can vividly remember, like, that whole, like, angle with you and Razor and, like, the turnover, you know, because I think you were a little lightning kid then, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. I think it's time to go. <laughs> 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 Nick, hey, um, anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, of course, WrestlingInc.com. Uh, go there every single day. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter, and I've brought back, uh, or I'm doing a weekly podcast, three days a wink, uh, Tuesday through Thursday, noon Eastern. Uh, I record the news segment live on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. And then if you subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio on uh, iTunes, you get the full shows where I include interviews I do throughout the week. Uh, yesterday, uh, the show included an interview with Diamond Dallas Page, who we just talked about. Uh, and today's show I dropped uh, a little over an hour ago, and it features an exclusive interview with Goldust, where I ask him about his brother Cody's new promotion, oh, AEW. So <laughs> I highly recommend you checking that one out. That one's cool. very cool. All right. And uh, Tommy? Yeah, the, the Bill Murray Stories is on Netflix, uh, iTunes. We have uh, even the George the Animal Steel interviews on the DVD if you want to get that. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, and I'm uh, Tommy Avalone. Three on Instagram? I don't know. How, how do you plug things, right? <laughs> no, that's it. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah. That's how we do it on yeah. here. And uh, Denise? Yeah, for the show, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at xpoc12360. Twitter, it's xpoc12360 show. So don't forget to follow us on there. For myself, you can follow me Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. You guys can find me almost exclusively at Steve Co on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That is K A U F M A N N. I'm involved in a lot of pro wrestling YouTube pages, yeah, you and if I'm tweeting the link, I'm involved and support me and support them. Nice. And you can follow me at the Real X Puck on Twitter at Real X Puck on Instagram. You can follow Lula at, <laughs> at It's Baby Lula on Instagram. And uh, and I guess that's it for this week. And thanks everyone. Um, we'll see you right here next week. On Xbox One Two Three Sixty, right here from AfterBuzz TV Studios in North Hollywood. 
From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXpoc, and email us at xpoc12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.